Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is The Good Life. Food, wine, and all the good things of life. Now, here's the host of The Good Life, Guy Bauer. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the program. I hope you had a great week and you're looking forward to a relaxing weekend. Uh, Interesting program today. We're going to talk about vinegar and you go, oh, vinegar. Who likes vinegar? Everybody should if you're not using vinegar. And it's so much more than just salad dressing and, and, and that kind of thing. And then you go, well, when I go to the grocery store and I look at the rack for vinegar, there's so many choices. And you know what? Most of them are not that good. But my guest, the first guest that we're going to be talking to, has has fixed that. We'll talk to him in just a a minute. He's the proprietor and founder of American Vinegar Works. Later in the program, I got a really fun uh, white wine from Spain. And no, it's not vinegar. Uh, I hope. I haven't tasted it yet. But it's it's Vins El Sep Girello. It's called OT, that's on the label, but the grape variety is Girello, and that's spelled X-A-R-E-L-L-O. It is from Pinedas, and I can't wait to try it. Um, it gets high marks, and sounds like it's going to be a fun one. Again, that'll be in the final segment today. So, without further ado, coming to us live from the Northeast, Rodrigo Vargas, founder and CEO and the the Big Cheese the mother load, and we'll talk about the mother uh, Mother made him do it, maker of vinegar. Rodrigo, welcome to The Good Life. Guy, it's great to be here with you today. And yeah, let's talk vinegar. Well, you know, me, I love vinegar, and I use a lot of it. I don't use it in recipes as much as I probably should, but I love it in marinades and things like that. And, you know, I've I had a a producer of high-quality Italian balsamic vinegar from Modino on the program. And boy, I learned so much about how th- the products we find on the grocery store shelf for, you know, six, for $6 is like nothing. You know, it, we don't, it's just not the same. If you're not paying big money for a small bottle, it's not right. <laughs> Basic vinegar in our country is often mass produced and 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 you've changed that we'll hit that but let's start with you what led you to become uh, the master of vinegar high quality craft made vinegar here in our country yeah um so uh, thank thank you for 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 that that plug for smaller bottles that cost a lot ours don't cost that much but i appreciate the the plug and the willingness to to, to pay for a quality product so for for me i i i sort of in a way stumbled into vinegar my background is is business i was doing the corporate america thing i was a 
corporate strategist for a while, marketer, product developer. And that was my professional life. And then on my personal life, uh, my family immigrated from Portugal when I was a little kid, and I would spend the, the summers going back and forth. Um, and the obsession with food over there in Europe uh, was was very different and now starts to resemble how we think about food in the U.S. as well. So the importance of the individual ingredients, um, how you travel from one to one town to get, get a specific type of olive oil versus a different town, like that's sort of a I think healthy obsession with food. So not food as being fancy, but food as being really good and something that you can take a lot of pleasure out of uh, is something that's always been part of my life personally. And I've seen become part of American life more broadly as consumers are really into knowing where their products are, are made, um, where they come from, who made them. Like all of these things have become part of our culture in, I think, a really positive way. So uh, the way I ended up coming to Vinegar was taking that business uh, training and my own personal passion for food. I was walking down the supermarket shelf and was looking around in all these categories. And if you think about it, you can get great coffees, you can get great butters, you can get great um, chocolate bars, great beers, certainly. All of these things that are, have been made so much better. But you get to the vinegar aisle, and it, it really is, next time you're there, really take a look at it. It's pretty depressing. What you end up with is dusty bottles of really industrially made vinegars, like the American stuff tends to be to fall into that category. Or then you get uh, imports that honestly aren't made any better. They just have an imported name uh, or they're like a sweetened balsamic of some sort, and they'll charge you double for, for those. But there really aren't people making, or there aren't many people making quality American vinegars. And what made this particularly sort of like an aha moment for me is uh, all throughout New England, uh, as in a lot of the country, we have so many little microbreweries, cideries, even wineries that are producing really, really great alcohol. So it occurred to me, if we have so much great American alcohol, why shouldn't we have a great American vinegar? So it's coming together of all of those things, seeing a market opportunity from a business perspective in a category that really had not been touched, having a change in the availability of the raw ingredient to make vinegar. And we'll get into this with your listeners, but vinegar comes from alcohol. So if you have great alcohol, you can create kind of great vinegar. And then the third part of this is just what I think is the consumer looking for better made and healthier sort of food products. So those three things together brought me conceptually to this idea of, hey, there should be a market for a great American vinegar, and I'm the guy who's going to do it, uh, which was sort of the, the first stop. The second stop was actually figuring out how does one actually make vinegar, which I honestly didn't know uh, and had to teach myself. And I can kind of fill you in a little bit on that, but I'm going to start yap stop yapping. I can talk vinegar forever and, <laughs> and, and let you redirect me here. Okay. Well, th it's an interesting thing. I know some friends here locally who keep a, a barrel, a, a gallon barrel and add little bits of leftover wine and stuff and make their own vinegar. Uh, yeah. I'm tempted to try it. I have a gallon barrel, but more importantly, uh, everybody should know that it's it's a fermentation process, and, and you Correct. get these 
craft-made, high-quality ingredients. What made you different, and what did you do to find the historical equipment that you use? And talk about that part. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to give folks a, a very high level, like how vinegar is made uh, kind of component. So you can think of vinegar as being a double fermentation process. So if you take wine, and I know you talk a lot about wine on this show, uh, let's say you take the grapes. The grapes have sugar. Yeast ferments them into alcohol. So that would be the first fermentation. And then there's a second fermentation that's bacterial-based, where you take the alcohol and acetobacter will ferment the alcohol, essentially eat the alcohol, and turn it over into acid, which is vinegar. To do that, you need oxygen, you need bacteria, you need heat, and you need time. So very high level. Those are the sort of steps to uh, to making vinegar. Now, uh, once you get past those steps, there's three large buckets of vinegar-making techniques. Very, very, again, very broad strokes, but three large steps. There's what you just referred to, which is it's a, it's a bucket, and it's in the corner, and it's going to ferment. Um, and at the highest level, sometimes that is known as the Orleans method, uh, named after Orleans, France, uh, which there's some fun stories as to why it has that name. But it is essentially wine in a barrel that ferments over time and, and will turn over into vinegar. Uh, that process can take you know, six months to a year or so, let's say. Um, and then there's what you find in your grocery store shelves. That's actually made with a process uh, using a, a technique called aeration. Uh, but it's basically feeding all of that oxygen and bacteria you can almost think of it like a pressure cooker. It's not under pressure, but like a pressure cooker sort of way. So most commercial vinegars that are on your grocery store shelves can be made in anything from two hours to two days. So they are then highly filtered afterwards and, and, and made really fast. So it would be the same as like trying to make sourdough in 10 minutes. You could imagine how that tastes. That's exactly how that vinegar tastes. Yeah. And then uh, you get the, this third method that we use that uh, I like to call retro tech. It was super high tech when it was invented in 1823. Um, and it, because it requires uh, uh, more care and more time, it's no longer used as industrial vinegar making, but up until the early 1900s, it was. Um, and this is sometimes called the drip or the German method. And that is the, the style that we use to make vinegars. As you alluded, these machines don't exist, or at least I couldn't find them anymore. So I had to go back and find the old sketches of the original machines, went back to 1823, and then they were refined up until the early 1900s, used those sketches, took them to um, some local universities here in New England, first Boston University and then the University of Maine. Um, and we worked together to essentially recreate these machines uh, to, to make our, our vinegars. And I, I think that they are the uh, best way of, of making vinegar, lead to the most consistent and, and the best flavors. I can tell you a little bit of before I went to universities, how I actually uh, ended up picking this as the method to, to make vinegar. But I wanted to give that a little like bit of context on how vinegar is made and the three large buckets of making vinegar. I love it. And uh, I got to tell you, folks, we're talking about vinegar. The website is AmericanVinegarWorks.com. Rodrigo Vargas is my guest. And if you go there, cruise around some. Not only is there great recipes and frequently asked questions, but uh, there's also 
a really cool video that in a very short period of time, you get the whole story. And what is that big barrel called? Leroy? Leaky Leroy. Leaky Leroy <laughs> is a is a fooder. So so the way we make our vinegar, we have that drip method. It ferments slowly. It's about two months. And then afterwards, when it's actually vinegar, we age everything in barrels. Most of the barrels are American rye whiskey barrels holding 25 gallons. Our apple cider vinegar, however, all ages in Leaky Leroy, that one big fooder. Fooder is just a name for a giant barrel. Uh, and the reason we call him Leaky Leroy is, uh, other than me, and I mentioned my family immigrated from Portugal, uh, Leaky Leroy is the only other one I like to joke foreigner in the vinegar works because everything we work with is American-based alcohol. But Leaky Leroy came to us from France, and he used to be a very old fooder for aging cognac. Wow. So he's so old that... Uh, his bones get a bit creaky sometimes, and we work in an old mill building. So as the planks expand and contract, depending on the humidity in the environment in the building, every once in a while, Leroy leaks. The reason he's uh, Leroy is apparently Leroy is the French equivalent of Smith. So <laughs> we wanted to go with a little bit of alliteration and have a little bit of fun with it. So, yes, yeah. leaky Leroy. I love it. Uh Folks, you yeah. got to go go to the website, AmericanVinegarWorks.com. We're going to tell you a whole bunch more. And what you need to do, this is a great way to get started with some high-quality craft-made vinegars, is American Vinegar Works and Rodrigo offer a, a five-little-bottle comparative kit. And it gives you an opportunity to taste uh, five of the premium vinegars produced. And, and, boy, you can get them in different sizes. It's a lot of fun. And there's olive oil. We're going to tell you more about that. We'll taste some vinegar after this first break. We'll be right back with more food, wine, and fun and vinegar. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.